0: We would like to say a very warm welcome to all of our listeners, of course, to Saint FM. And our guest in the studio today, today is the acting governor, Greg Gibson. And also, we've got Karen Gotcher. Is that correct? That's Karen? correct. <laughs> <laughs> Who is our prosperity advisor. And I love your title because I think your role is really to keep us optimistic. So I think what we'll do, which is an interesting question, if it's okay, we'll start with. In first of all, good morning to the two of you and welcome to Saint FM.
1: Good morning, Tammy.
0: Good to have you so let's just talk about the merger of course between Dividend fco and maybe we can start with greg and then we'll go on to Karin after has this brought any sort of changes or challenges for you uh in your individual roles
1: yeah okay thank you tammy i mean that's a that's a good question to start with <laughs> um i mean obviously the merger had only happened in september um, and we were given I think it was three months notice that the merger was happening um, so you know it takes time for any merger of any organization but especially one when you're looking at at least twenty, twenty-five thousand 25000 people um, and quite diverse portfolios across for it to all be embedded in but but it is being embedded in but I think what um, I would like to say is that you know we've always had actually here on St Helena a very close working relationship between what was the old FCO and the old DFID so for us there's no at the moment there's been no noticeable change we've always had a close working relationship I mean when uh, there's a development attache here we had Chris born here he came, he worked with us in our office we work very closely with the development colleagues always have and that's that's evident in you know the way the past um, financial aid missions have happened this year and the previous year people from X ex- FCO or what was FCO came and joined those missions as well. So I think for us, you know, there will be difference. I hope it's an opportunity that you know, be more streamlined support for Saint Helena and more collegiate working across the board. But um, for us, I, you know, we've been working very closely with development colleagues in the past anyway.
0: Oh, excellent, Karen. What about you? Yeah, I think I'd
2: echo what uh, Greg has sort of mentioned that you know, historically we have worked close um, together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's that opportunity to sort of bring, you know, our expertise sort of together and sort of make it, you know, as coherent as it can be and deliver the best um, for Santa Helena so I think it's quite an o- exciting opportunity to actually make the most of uh, the merger and, you know, deliver the best we can for the island.
1: Okay. And, uh, and just, just to add, I mean, you know, there's other things, I, yeah. I mentioned the uh, financial aid mission, but, uh, you know, the economic development investment programme. That's not just DFID. That's also FCO and DFID colleagues have been working together on that. You know, Adam Pyle, who's the deputy director. You know, he's he's basically the lead person on that across the board and chairs the high-level um, panel on that. You know, another thing, especially we COVID-related over the past year, we've been working very closely with development. You know, especially on the flights issue and access. Yeah.
0: Sure, and a lot of people have actually said this coming together, this mutual partnership is actually going to be very beneficial for, for Saint Helena in going forward as you sort of sharing you know, information and ideas with each other. So the closer working relationship actually has far more beneficial uh, yeah. you know, aspects of it than negative, I would guess. All right, talking about the dreaded COVID-19 coronavirus, of course, we're still very lucky on Saint Helena not to have to you know, go through what a lot of people are experiencing around the world. And in your opinion, let's go back to Greg. Greg, how do you think under very trying circumstances and with limited resources, of course, how do you think SHG has has handled the logistics around COVID-19? Maybe a few lessons that we've all learned and a couple of milestones reached.
1: Yeah, okay, Tammy. I mean, we all know that COVID has taken up everyone's lives over the past a year now, if not longer. Um, There's no end in sight necessarily either. but it hasn't been easy, you know, and I think that's not just on Saint Helena, that's around the world. I mean, there have been so many unknowns, with this COVID. You know, it just seems to change. The goalposts seem to shift, almost on a weekly basis. Um, so it's a constantly changing situation. But, but given the nature of the of the of this sort of pandemic and the uncertainty, I think you know, one has to take your hats off to uh, Saint Helena government and administration for what they've achieved here. Um, we are still one of the very few countries in the world that. Has has no COVID, but even if COVID did come to the islands, I think it's extremely fair to say that uh, there are extreme robust quarantine measures in place so that, um, you know, they would be contained, you know, they wouldn't then be spread into the community. Um, and that, and, that, and that, that is a huge, you know, that, that is part of the COVID strategy, which the administration here, you know, have, have had to prioritise, work tirelessly to deliver that strategy, which is aimed at containing COVID should it reach here. You're never going to get to a stage where you, you can't really have a complete prevention of it getting here. If you get that, then you're talking about cancelling, all you know, the MV Helena, because you know you cannot totally eliminate that risk. Mm. Um, you know, and, then, and in that vein, I th- you know, I think you know they've maintained, demonstrated, have maintained access to the island, and that's been in a controlled and safe manner. Um, and a lot of people have questioned whether we still should be having flights to the island, but I think you know they are key, we, the, 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 that access is required. There are medical referrals that need to be need need to get to the UK. They can't go to the South Africa at the moment, although um, Medivacs um, are, have always still been allowed. Um, there's also a number of people who need to be repatriated and that can work both ways, coming back to St Helena and going to the UK. Um, and then there's also the need to get essential workers here at the time, especially at the time during COVID where you know um, through CSSF, um, the UK government has provided resources for extra medical healthcare staff to come here, and I know SHU have recruited extra medical staff. So that has been absolutely important to maintain that regular access, and I think they've done that in a very um, pragmatic way. And I think sort of lessons learned. I mean, after every single flight, um, they review refu- they they review their standard operating procedures, um and and, and the outcome of that it makes. The next flight even more robust you know they learn from the lessons they get the feedback from what's happened from not only the people who are in quarantine but al- also the frontline workers etc so they can then develop mm. and, and make it more robust mm. um yeah Brilliant. Okay, well,
0: no, and of course, before Karen jumps in, I think it's worth mentioning the human resource that's been involved yeah. in all of this because we talk about lessons learned. We actually do, while well, we don't have coronavirus, we actually still have frontline workers mm. who are at the airport, who are transporting people, who are working at Bradley's. So they are actually in that situation every day. And I think it's worth mentioning those people yeah. who are doing this and making the improvements and caring for people as they're coming through on the flights. Uh, I think, you know, Karen might want to jump in on that.
2: Yeah, no, I think definitely it's been. A whole team effort, not just within SHG, but like you mentioned, you know the staff at the airport, you know the jobs they have to do, um, as well as to ensure that flights run smoothly. Mm-hmm. I think just to add, um, in terms of sort of, you know how things have evolved since last year. You know, it was a, a new virus; the entire world is sort of learning at the same time. I think if you remember sort of to back sort of March, April last year, we didn't have any sort of testing capability, for example, and that's come on leaps and bounds now, where to the point of, you know, people being tested at the end of quarantine, then there will be testing on arrival and at the end of quarantine, and now, you know, people are being asked to be tested before. So actually, there's a lot of me- measures that have been put in place to actually sort of mitigate uh, the risk, because, you know, unfortunately, as much as we'd like to sort of eliminate risks entirely it's not sort of practical or realistic whereas actually I think SHG has done everything that it can with the support of the UK government to sort of use the tools at its disposal to make sure that the island uh, and everybody living here is as safe as possible
1: and, and I'd just like to add on that, that with the support of the UK government I mean um, I think it's sort of well known but you know the UK government has helped getting initial yeah. stages getting PPE out here extra health care uh, workers out here financing that uh, there's been a lot of support from public health england and sort of updating the strategies and and what to work towards uh, we had 100 vaccinations uh, astrazeneca vaccinations arrived on the last flight those are being rolled out to all the frontline workers this week you know so that gives the added protection of people yeah. at the airport frontline workers for uh, for people coming on the next flights yeah,
2: and I wish we could say it's all straightforward to get those things in place, but <laughs> you just cannot imagine, you know, the yeah, sort of logistical challenges, around, of you know, yeah. and you know, especially when there's global demand, for, you know, all these sort of people of and products and whatnot. So, mm-hmm. I think we've been really lucky to sort of have that. It's there. so
0: funny because people on the island says all the all the countries are clamouring, you know, they're all in line, yeah. and we're all saying, oh, we are going to be the last? We're going to be the end off at the line to get anything?" And all of a sudden you know pops up good news that, that resources are going to come through you know especially with the vaccinations i think we actually are um, yeah very
1: lucky i would say at this point okay. yeah i mean just to add, i mean we've worked very hard liaising with london to try and get these vaccinations here we've got a hundred especially you know as as a sort of to vaccinate those frontline workers but also we hope on the next flight we'll get we'll get substantially more
0: all right, Karen. We're going to bounce back to you as the Economic and Prosperity Advisor, and I know this might be a bit of a tough question at the moment. How <laughs> will you be supporting or advising SHG around economic development this year? Of course, bearing in mind all the things you've just mentioned with regards to the pandemic.
2: Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> thanks, Tammy. <for> that <laughs> I, know, I know, I know, it's one of those
0: questions.
2: Yeah. There? Well, I think you know. I'll be continuing to work closely uh, with SHG you know, to deliver on its plans, you know, sustainable economic development plan is one of the key ones um, there and I work closely, you know, with the economists and Nicole and Amanda, there's Alfreda and Shelley in the EDIP team, the economic development imbre- investment program uh, team there as well. So I think it's going to be a continuation um, of that work uh, and I think one of the key things for this year is just sort of keeping up the pace uh, of progress because I think yeah you know I think people may think that right you know things need to slow down or there are certain things that can't progress because of the pandemic but actually there are other areas which you can sort of um, progress to take uh, forward. I think one example um, I would give is sort of helping SHG uh, with things like sort of looking at you know green transport and clean transport so we've been doing some work behind the scenes to sort of work with the UK government and agencies to actually look at you know what how can we sort of improve the transport and sort of you know the emissions from that here and sort of the economic benefits that brings um to the island so i think it's about in- continuing that sort of you know facilitating uh engagement with sort of uh, colleagues in the uk mm-hmm. uh, and making sure that we can deliver um on the island mm-hmm. um coming back to edip you know we'll be continuing to support the delivery of projects so for example the r2 the field road improvements uh, and i think it's important to note that sort of that's not only the sort of the physical benefit that will bring in terms of the improvement of the road but also the sort of financial and le- wider economic yeah. benefits it brings um to the island so think about you know using your local contractors the job that supports um, on island I think that's a really key benefit that you know we need to highlight, and people should be um, aware of. Sure. Uh, and I know some of the tenders have been advertised for that already, so things are progressing well. Uh, and just thinking back to last year, you know, we had the excellent uh, Can France team here, you know, working on the Rockfall, and it was a really good piece of work done, sort of you know, in the benefits. Of I think it was around two hundred and fifty thousand, um, some sort of the wider um, benefits that were brought um, to the island. Um, one thing that's new, actually, uh, for this year, which I'm pleased to be able to share, is that Saint Helena has received some funding from the UK government uh, for an environmental project. Um, so this is looking at how Saint Helena um, potentially could become sort of carbon neutral. So you know, reducing its carbon emissions, uh, and I think that's so important given you know the focus of the islanders. Is Know, in terms of its marine environment, the sort of environment on the land, the terrestrial sort of uh, environment as well. So this is a project that will sort of commence shortly, um, and it's time limited uh, to the end of March. But we're hoping there will be some really good sort of concrete actions uh, and recommendations that sort of SHG and sort of other organisations on the island uh, can put in place. Uh, and I think from that as well, St Helena will be able to sort of share the learning with you know, other overseas territories and other small island developing states uh, around the world as well. So I think that gives St Helena a platform yeah. to actually say, you know, look, we might be small, you know, but actually we punch above our weight yeah. when it comes yeah. to, um, you know, the projects that the island delivers and how it sort of, you know, is a leader in delivering these sorts of um, projects. I'm quite excited yeah. um, about that and I think that will be really, really good for the island
0: okay thank you for that good news Karen okay uh, we've talked about some of you know some of the areas where we you know highlighted some achievements but uh, again and uh, maybe I can address this to Greg first you know from yours you know from your sort of In in your opinion, are there key areas that we as an island need to address to put into place the building blocks to grow our economy? So while the government has their priorities and their responsibilities, what else do we as an island need to be thinking about?
1: Well, I think to a certain extent um, they're already there, Tammy. I mean, you know, this isn't something that's brand new. I mean, you know, you know... uh, essentially in the government administration have got their plans they've got their 10-year plans they got their 2050 plan and that takes account of all of these things the key question is is implementing them you know covid isn't helping it's putting a putting a sort of slight pause and all of that but you know I, that doesn't mean to say that you need to stop thinking about how, how to take this forward and planning it this is pos- possibly a good opportunity to take stock and reevaluate possibly um you know especially around the sort of tourism side, just because we've got no tourism side, it will return. <laughs> and so, you yeah, know, this is a time to take stock of that, I think.
0: Gary, do you want to jump in there?
2: or? Yeah, I think, you know, Greg said a lot of things are already in place. Um, so I think, you know, we've got the cable coming, for example. So I think that... I think, well, my view is I think that's one of the key areas, you know, in terms of digital connectivity with the outside world. I mean, you know, look how much we've all relied on being ever more, you know, in sort of digital contact with the outside world sort of during the, the pandemic. So I think now is the time for people to sit and think, right, you know, how can we take advantage of this fantastic, you know, new connection which the island um, will be receiving and how do we sort of uh, use it to maximum uh, benefit? And I think, You know, I say that not just um, for businesses, but I think there's a whole range of benefits that will come from that. So thinking, you know, from education, you know. Uh, students at school, people doing sort of further learning or higher education learning. You know, actually it will be sort of transformational in terms of, you know, what they can actually upload and, you know, download and streaming, uh, etc. So I think there's a lot of benefits um, there. Uh, and also for actually the delivery of public services as well. So if you think about, you know, health, for example, so, you know, how can you use the cable to deliver things like healthcare and telemedicine, you know, doing things differently, you know, can you have sort of a virtual, um, you know, consultation with a consultant in another country? country you know so I think you know I think it's incredible I think it's a really uh, exciting uh, opportunity but I think now is the time to actually sit back and plan for that and make sure that the foundations are actually in place for that to make sure that once the cable is up and running we don't think oh right it's here now yeah. you know now what do we kind of do and I know a lot of work is already going on but I think it's not just for SHG I think it's for businesses it's for sort of you know the voluntary sector and other community groups I think oh actually you know how we thought about what we can do and how we can connect up uh, with other places uh, around the world as well
0: mm, absolutely important point there okay so moving on of course watching the tv and seeing what's happening in the uk uh, which has suggested that we're heading or they're heading towards a double dip recession, recession as a result of the coronavirus and it is also felt that saint Helena may also feel the impact uh, any thoughts on this Greg at the at the moment you know I mean I know that Her Majesty's government is supporting Saint Helena throughout the pandemic of course you've already mentioned that but at this point are you able to say you know that you know we can ex- we can expect some sort of you know impact maybe as a result of of the UK going through a double-dip recession because I'm I'm of the mind that we can't not expect some sort of impact what are your thoughts
1: well I, I'm the same mind as you Tammy I think you know that the. the I'll be surprised if there isn't some impact, yes. and I think I think uh, you know the administration is sort of is prepared for that, um, you know. But I think it's too early to say what the exact impact will be. We had the financial aid mission in in December, um, just before Christmas, and conversations are still going on now between the FCDO and and Saint Helena government here on what that sort of financial settlement will be for next year. But I think, you know, everyone needs to be, as I'm sure they are aware, that, you know, there has been a UK aid budget reduction. The ODA it's dropped from 0.7% to 0.5% for next year. You know, that's not in perpetuity. You know, that will return once the fiscal situation in the the UK improves and it allows. Um, But it is, I would imagine, likely to have a sort of a knock-on effect. Not just Saint Helena, but but other OTs that are ODA dependent, um, you know. But that doesn't mean to say that the UK is just going to stop. Supporting Saint Helena, we're, we're very much aware of our responsibilities for Saint Helena. Um, you know, and as we've already mentioned over this year, where already you know the budget has been impacted in the UK for this financial year, mm-hmm. we've continued. You know, we're given an extra two and a half million, as we've already said, to help with the COVID. Um, on top of that, was extra CSS, CSSF funding. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you know, I think it all will become clear of what that actual sort of fiscal impact will be. Will be over in the next few months.
0: Mm-hmm all right i don't know if karen wants to jump in on this or shall we carry on with the next question
2: uh, i mean, just to add to that I, mean, I think you know despite all that things like you know edip will continue you know blue belt still has sure. at least another year left so i think we shouldn't lose sight of the fact that the things yeah. that are still sort of continuing yeah. going forward okay.
1: yeah. and there will still be a cssf program as well yeah okay
0: yeah. all right moving on and again this is related to some of the economic struggles that we've seen uh, on saint lena as well So again, I might just start with Karen again, because we're looking at economic turmoil. And of course, we know businesses are struggling. And so my question is, what can we do to help build that better? Mm. And um, of course, I've also mentioned we need innovation now more than ever. And really, how would you challenge St. Helena to generate more good ideas, business ideas mm-hmm. and then to generate business growth even amongst these difficult times? And again a big chunky question for yeah. you. Carl, <laughs> but really, you know, again, you know, pulling on what yeah. you think um, yeah. are areas that, you know, we could actually, you know, mm-hmm. sort of help to build back from, from mm-hmm. where we might have gone
1: down. Good Great. question for the prosperity.
0: <laughs> 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 specifically aimed at time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think look, I
2: think y- you know, private sector is, you know, resilient and a lot of the source of innovation. Uh, and, you know, they will come up with the ideas. And I think I've got three examples I can just think of uh, recently. So, you know, you've got uh, Craig and Paul with the go-karting. I know they've got big, big plans up there, you know, with the mini golf and, you know, other things. And I was like, fantastic. I mean, I've been up there three times um, already, so I'm just gonna shamelessly plug it <laughs> because I think it's absolutely uh, fantastic. Uh, You know, you've got the green box, the salads, which Che and Kyle are doing, and I understand that they'll be selling them in the Star and at the art shop as well, so they're kind of expanding um, as well. Uh, And Bertram's has returned, uh, I understand, in private hands, so I think, you know, this is a sign that, you know, it's not all doom and gloom, and things are actually happening, uh, and the private sector is innovating on the island, which is fantastic um, to see, and I think you know, the benefits that brings in terms of, you know, money being spent on the island, you know, potential for additional jobs to be created uh, and supported, but also benefits ultimately the people uh, Mm -hmm. on the island. uh, And like Greg mentioned, you know, once tourism uh, resumes, these are sort of, I think, things that become sort of key attractions and the demand for them uh, will only increase. I think it's great to see that, you know, these sorts of things have started up um, during this time. I mean, I think, you know, it comes back to... For the private sector to think about what is the gap for what um, the island kind of needs in this time and i think you know we can't put a time frame on when you know tourism as normal will resume you know what will normal look like in the future you know none of us have got a kind of crystal ball but i think it's actually kind of saying you know what's your gut instinct saying what's a really good idea you know have a go and if it doesn't work you know now it's time to think back and say right you know why hasn't it worked what could i do differently how could I sort of, you know, improve uh, the offer of whatever, you know, service or, or, or goods um, that it is? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, I think um, there is sunshine. Yeah, sunsh- a yeah you know, and exactly. And I
0: think a lot of businesses. You know um, people who are running accommodation rental accommodation have had to change or adapt because there's no flights coming in so for example i think you know uh, the home quarantine uh, people requiring separate accommodation away from their home i think there's been an opportunity where accommodation providers who are no longer welcoming uh, tourists are able to offer their uh, you know uh, uh, product for people who wish to you know home quarantine so i think there's a lot of ways that you can adapt and evolve and shift Definitely. to meet the changing demands that have been placed on the island and actually I think the businesses have done really well yeah. mm. under you know under very yep. trying circumstances. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Alright so uh, moving on and of course all of this is not possible without everybody working together and having that active collaboration uh, and participation between the public and private sector. Maybe we can jump over to uh, Greg with this question, uh, which will bring together, of course, the tools and talents of all people across all sectors. Um, how will you encourage that, Greg? Or what would be your sort of motto at this time on that?
1: Well, I, I mean, I think we obviously encourage. We want we want that to happen. I think you know, for for the development, uh, you know, of of Saint Helena, there needs to be more collaboration yes. between the private. And the public sector here, I think it's more for uh, we understand that, and I, and Saint Helena administration, the government understand that. Um, that is something that they need to lead on. But I think it's also it's for the private sector to stand up at this point as well, and not always wait for it to come from Saint Helena government or the administration. You know, I think it works both ways here. I think, um, and as. Karen has already highlighted there are areas where where they are doing that and as you said they've adapted especially with covid accommodation restaurants are now doing more takeaways and deliveries etc but it's a two-way thing i think um you know and i think you know once as Karen has already mentioned you know the fiber optic cable that's another opportunity where there can be more collaboration i think you know opportunities out there also on the sort of the green eco-friendly side of things and sustainability
0: Okay and we could very quickly uh, k- sorry Karen do you want to add,
1: add to that as well I think I should build on
2: sort of um what greg was saying you know about the private sector driving what they want to see as the change and sort of the development um, of the island um you know people in well you know, people in the private sector don't have to, you know time you know to sort of sit around yeah. and discuss things you know endlessly it's about actually putting i think you know taking your creativity your innovation your ideas and actually putting them in uh to practice and i think you know if you start small uh you know you can sort of keep the the risks uh as low and kind of you know bu- build on that so i don't think we would sort of you know encourage people to kind of you know think yeah. big but and, and, and act on it i think you know that is sort of uh
0: I think the motto. There is <laughs> so basically from the governor's office I think we would, we're gonna see twenty you know, twenty twenty one might you know, might be a difficult year, but it's also a year that in itself could create opportunities for Saint Helena, uh, and and you know the business our business community, a public sector as well. Mm. And and I guess we would start to see a sort of you know, hopefully working more towards a culture where we are mot- motivating creativity, we're encouraging people to just get on with it and and, and have those ideas, just like Clarence said, but mm. then being able to act on it and make things happen.
2: Yeah, because I, um, I think one thing, man, I think we've talked about sort of flights, um, but actually, you know, this is the first time we've seen a direct flight to the yeah. UK. You know, who thought, you know, it would take... It's really sh-
0: shown that it is possible. Yeah. Everything, everything that we've talked about for so long we've shown it can happen and there's been so many benefits from it
2: yeah and, and i think you know again there's an opportunity there for the private sector um and i know this is you know a big thing in the sedp uh about you know reducing reliance uh, on imports and exporting so for me it's like export export mm-hmm. export uh, and i know there are certain barriers you know in terms of cost uh, and whatnot but i think you know, if the private sector could club together with their exports, you need know, to reduce uh, freight costs. You have to have discussions with you know, the freight companies uh, as well about how they can work together to actually maximise um, that opportunity. I think it's great. You know, selling your product straight uh, to the UK, you know, I want to see that certainly in coffee in the <laughs> UK, you know, more widely, wider. And Mo- more yeah, more exactly. Yeah. And, you know, taking coffee as an example, that's a fantastic example of a product where, you know, it's high value but low volume. Yeah,
0: exactly. So. Exactly. And hopefully, uh, because I know at the moment we might only just be looking at a frozen market for fish, but hopefully again, really, you know, good premium tuna once we get those flights sort of being flown out and flown to expensive restaurants and served because there's a story with the fish, there's a story with the coffee and that is always good marketing and promotion for the album.
2: And and I think people in the UK, I think the UK market, I think, uh, sort of, like that story of, you know, there's, oh, a, there's a provenance, there's yeah. sort of the history with, you know, British Overseas yes. Territory, St Helena, and people find yeah. that more. I think actually that's sort of opening the door to sort of tourism. I think once people sort of think, oh, well, you know, this is tuna, oh, look, this is coffee, yeah, exactly. what more is there, you know, that you could actually experience um, on the island? So it's about, you know, marketing the island and kind of creating that, that brand mm-hmm. for yeah. itself.
1: Okay. Okay. Right, great. Yeah, just d- d- I just don't want to completely dampen spirits here, but just to sort of are add that. Like kind of <coughs> well, I, I'm say, I'm saying absolutely what you're saying. Totally agree <laughs> with you. But to a certain extent, we have to look at sort of um, you know Titan is only a sort of on a charter flight by flight basis at this stage. Whilst sure. we can't use Airlink via yeah. South Africa, so that's at the, you know longer term aspirations. Yeah. Absolutely yeah, great. Right. But I think in the sort of short to well yeah. short term, we, they are there because we've got no. Op- um, no access for South Africa, but once South Africa opens up again, touch wood it will do soon, we will revert to Airlink, yeah. uh, you know, there's a contract to be honoured with sure. Airlink for, for at least another two years, so, but it is something to look forward to, that flights, you know, look at for the future, for when that Airlink contract does, does finish, is, you know, direct flights to the UK can be made to work possibly, yeah. there will be the need for the numbers though, so, to make yeah. it work.
0: Alright, is there anything, and we'll come to the end, and thank you both for coming to St. FM. Uh, is there anything finally that you would like to share? So Greg, you're still in office until W Rushbrook returns at the end of February, yes?
1: Correct, yes. Okay. So he goes to okay. Ascension Island at okay. the end of next week, okay. um, and so he'll go into um, isolation quarantine for two weeks on Ascension, yeah. then he'll have two weeks out and about on Ascension. Yeah. Then he'll fly here on that Titan flight at the end of February, go into two weeks quarantine here. And then he'll be yeah. back out in the Pavlok in mid-March.
0: Back on Main Street. Yes. <laughs> okay, um, anything else from your side? Uh, maybe what what are the things that you're looking forward to as well that you, know, you might want to mention? I know apart from the work, the normal work that goes on within, you know... Within the
1: governor's office, I I don't think we've done any normal work for a year to be perfectly honest, (laughs) it's been pretty much uh, all around. Yeah, I know if somebody said that Covid, the coronavirus, has
0: distracted everybody and actually taken people away from a lot of the other important things that
1: need doing. But no, actually, what I say they haven't done that's grossly unfair, especially to the other (laughs) members in the governor's office (laughs) 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 who probably. down with a ton of bricks because actually we have actually in, in addition to the COVID, the governor's office has worked very hard. And I'd like to say you know we over this COVID um, thing, th- I'd like to say it's been an opportunity. I think hopefully not to an out turn. Well, from our point of view anyway, we've, we've developed really strong relationships with uh, with SHG government and and the administration. And that's not just here on the ground here, but it's also with the with our SCDO colleagues in London. Um, You know, there's a lot of projects that have been implemented um, over the past year, Um, if I may I can just sort of highlight a couple of them, I mean Blue Belt for example, Um, I know that colleagues in the UK have been really impressed with the work that's been going on around the Blue Belt here in St Helena, Um, one one of the key projects on that has been the Marine Lab, um, I know people keep asking about the marine lab. Um, sort of slight update: you know, the physical work has now commenced. Um, the the um, customs section is now sort of operational, I believe, and we hope that uh, you know this will create space for better science to be undertaken to support the um, more sort of evidence-based decision making. And we hope that it will all be up and running. Touch word by the beginning of April. Um, not only that, but so coming up, we've got in the uh, middle of March, the governor's office, along with St. Helene, the government, we're going to be co-hosting Marine Awareness Week. Um, and this will sort of showcase the work that's been done under the Blue Belt Programme to support um, to St. Helene to understand and manage its, its marine environment um, and our work also includes you know responding to pollution incidents uh, we have just uh, a whole lot of response equipment arrived in September all funded through the CSSF um, which cost well over a thousand pounds and then a good sort of step moving forward also that's been um, a lot of work especially with the AG chambers and others and uh, elect members has been around the merchant shipping bill um, which hopefully goes through LegCo at the end of this uh, month um, and this will sort of support shipping registry and wider maritime affairs in Saint Helena. And this, you know, this is a really important step towards Saint Helena complying with international maritime codes of practice and legislation. Um, a lot of this work has been done to ensure that the compliance is is practical for Saint Helena, um, but also in line with the international obligations that it must meet. So, um, those are all. Normal work shall we say that's been going on and the other the other point of work that I think would be a bit remiss not to mention at this point is you know 18 months ago we had Professor Sarkin come oh on his course. first visit touting governance reform yeah. it's great to see the progress that has been made on that people have engaged from all across the island he's been twice been lots of follow up governance commission put a lot of work into doing that outreach to the community um, and LegCo last week agreed for a motion on uh, governance reform that will at the end of February, yeah. so we look forward to whatever outcome that will be.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Anything final from you, Karen, before
2: we say goodbye? Just to add that the pollution response equipment actually cost over a hundred thousand. What did I say? Uh,
1: One thousand. Oh, sorry. Over a hundred thousand. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: They're going to they really come down to the when they get back to the office. Oh, well. Thank you both for coming
0: to St. Ephraim and enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you very oh, much, Tammy. Thank
2: Thanks, Tammy.